In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast, Michelle Gifford. Michelle is a brand strategist, business coach, podcaster, and a highly sought after speaker. With her signature combination of straight talk and tough love, Michelle teaches social media marketing and strategy to thousands. She is the CEO of Michelle Gifford Creative, a strategic content creation agency where she serves the most prominent influencers, creatives, and small businesses. Michelle lives in Southern California with her husband and five children. She is passionate about helping women amplify their voices online. We are so excited to talk with her today. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Michelle. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. So first of all, I just have to ask, tell me what it's like having five kids. (laughs) I have four and I'm like, how do people even do it with one more? What are your ages of your kids? So my oldest is 17. He just turned 17. And my youngest will be eight in January. So we had him bam, 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 which is great. Yeah. It's fun. This is actually my favorite time of motherhood. I probably say that every every time, every series I have. But I really like, I like teenagers. I know, call me crazy, but I love teenagers. I also, I like older kids. It's kind of my, it feels like more my speed. So yeah. it's really busy. Not a ton of sleep. I nap often. Naps <laughs> are the best thing. And now yeah. you can because your kids are probably all in school. So yeah, all in school. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I know. I, I remember having my little babies. I had mine bam, 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 too. So I had six, four, two, and newborn. And I remember just imagining what it would be like to be able to nap or sleep at night. Like, I'm like, I haven't slept in eight years, like, I, like being pregnant and then having all the babies and just, you don't sleep. And my sister was like, oh, you don't sleep when they're teenagers either. Like while well, you're waiting up for them and you have to go get them at the party at 1130 and then they're up at night, like tinkering around. You're like, what are you doing down there? And so she's like, it, but the saving grace is those daily naps during That's the day. Funny. Exactly right. It's a different kind of tired. I actually like this kind of tired better than like the nursing tired, right? Where you're yes. like, I don't even know what I just said. So no, <laughs> your brain yes. is just mush during the day. Well, you were telling me before we started recording this podcast that your son came downstairs to your room. And you're like, you know, those times where they're just like, they want to open up and talk. And you're like, oh, I'm so tired. How do you find? Oh, it's 11. It's 11 o'clock at night. Like, what is going on? But tell me about those those moments with, with your older ones, especially. Like, have you found that, well, first of all, why do you think teenagers do that? Why do you think they come in and talk to us late at night? It's like they have to process things for several hours and then decide, okay, now I'm ready to talk. But have you found that it's strengthened your relationship and help you connect with your kids more having those one-on-one conversations, even in the very late hours? Uh, absolutely. I think it's, also, because we're so busy and because there's so many of us, sometimes like at night is maybe the only time that there's like alone time and there's not little ears around and they can just start talking. Yeah, uh, I actually that I love it. I also am like, I'm super tired, but I love it because it's like them in their raw form, right? They're just like yes. processing everything. And so I think it's I also like that's the kind of mom I want to be is someone that like my kids are like, oh, I actually I want to talk to mom. 
you know, I want to talk to her and that they're not afraid to open up. So I love it. And then I was like, you know what? You have to get up early for seminary. You should probably just go to bed. <laughs> but it also like is a time when he's like talking about things. And then I can say, you know, we can find patterns of things that are that he's struggling with or, you know, that could use a little help. I'm like, you need to have more protein. <laughs> like you need to eat yes. more. Yes. more and I was like, that's an easy fix. But like, if you're like, not have the energy that you want, like throughout the day, like we just need to have some, pack some snacks. I used to do that. Let's do it again. <laughs> but you know, like if he's struggling with these things that I'm like, oh, that's an easy fix. I wouldn't know that if you don't have these like moments where they're just like, you know, processing everything. Totally. And a few weeks ago, my son came into my room and I could just tell something was off. My son, my oldest is an introvert and doesn't open up a lot. And, but I, I can just, I could just tell like, mm, you're not yourself. Like what's wrong? And same thing. It was after everyone was in bed and he totally unloaded. And it, but he told me some things he was struggling with. And I'm like, I wish you would have talked to me weeks ago. Like it was the same thing. It was like, get up earlier so you don't feel rushed, so you don't feel stressed, so you're eating breakfast, so you don't forget your laptop, so you're not behind. Like it's okay. Well, and then let's make a plan. Like, would it help if we woke you up? Because sometimes his alarm wouldn't go off and then he would be overwhelmed. It's like, oh, I can totally come downstairs and make sure you're awake. And I can even make you breakfast if you like what I make instead of you trying to do that and pack your bag and finish homework and whatever. But it is. It's like they just, they seem so old and mature. And yet you're like, oh, but you're still a child. Like, yeah, really? Still a child. Yep. And it gives you an opportunity to, to like be like, oh, here's some healthy patterns that you're like, oh, this is how you actually problem solve that. This is not accountable. Yes. Like, it's yes. <laughs> this is like inevitable, you can actually do something about this. Yes. And it, it is because it's it's almost like you can get, and I, I find I do this too. Like things will never change. This is just how it is. It'll never get better. I'm stuck in a rut. And it's like, oh no, you can reprogram your brain. You can set good habits and you can actually yeah. improve your life if you decide to put forth the effort. <laughs> so uh, Michelle, tell me having five kids and being super busy and and it seems like you have really packed days. So how do you find the time to work on your business and do everything that you're doing online with your coaching and speaking and all that stuff, helping influencers, you know, market better, come up with creative content and find the time to do all the mom stuff. I'm imagining <laughs> you drive your kids everywhere. You're, you're, I know you're really involved in their lives. So how do you do it? So it definitely looks different now than it did 10 years ago or even 15 years ago. So I started just an online business like when my when my first baby was born. So that was 17 years ago. Wow. I've always had something going on and it's looked different in the different stages of motherhood, right? Like with babies, very different. I did things during that time. Now I'm able to, I mean, my kids are all in school. And so I try to get as much of my work done while they're in school and I schedule all my meetings and all the things because I have a marketing agency, you know, so that's just, that's not just me. So I have te yeah. a team of women and, and so it's been a learning process, like how to be that leader, that type of leader, but it's also been super, super fulfilling. And it's, but I think just being able to allow yourself to change your routine, change your expectations as your life changes. Like that's been a huge part of it is like, oh, my kids are all in school. Now, how do I want my life to look like now what's required of me and how can I fit what I what's important to me 
into like what is happening in my business and what's happening with my kid's life. But like, what does my life look like now? And how can I be really intentional about that? That is so smart. And because it is, it's having to take nursing breaks, you know, is is different from now you're picking up kids from practice or running carpool or something. And you're able to fit more time in certain spots instead of, okay, I have a two hour chunk to get stuff done between preschool and this. And now you're like, okay, now I have like a four hour chunk before this. So I think that is important to know that life changes and phase, there's phases and stages of life and, you know, not to look at other people and be like, oh, I will never be able to do that. Like <laughs> you will, and you can, and, and, and it, it'll happen. So if you want to, so let's talk about how, how you got into this. What, what inspired you to get to do marketing and, and creative strategy and things like that? Have you always loved it? You said you started 17 years ago. I about the process of deciding like, this is something I want to do. And then realizing, oh, this is something I'm really good at. And people want to use me and my talents. Yeah. So I'll give you like a one minute overview of like my 17 years. So I, I have a public relations major. Like that was my, that's what I studied in college. And then when I graduated, I was pregnant with my first, son, my first baby. And we moved, we moved to Arizona. I didn't know anyone in Arizona. My husband was going to school and I was six months pregnant and like miserable because <laughs> the 180 degrees there. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was left alone and I'm someone who likes to be doing stuff. And so that's when I first started my business. It was like an Etsy shop. I was sewing little girls dresses. It was amazing. And so from Etsy, I had a successful business there, but then I started taking my own product pictures and I was like, oh, I love photography. So I became, a, I did photography. I started a photography nonprofit and then I started teaching photographers business and then I started teaching women in business. And that's been wow. about, I've been teaching women in business for about seven years. And what I found is, especially with Instagram, like I love Instagram because, and I think it's one of the best gateway drugs, just kidding, but the gateway. A lot of people start, real, well, yeah, yeah, you know, with their business, they start yeah. on Instagram, yeah, because of the barrier to entry is really low. Yeah, it's it's particularly welcoming to women, right? Because yeah. we get communication, we get we get building a community, we get creating content. That's actually we're really natural at that. Yeah, and so what I was finding is that we had a lot of women who are building on Instagram. And maybe making money with affiliates or, you know, they were influencers and and so they had sponsors, but the back end of their business, they they were having a really hard time like figuring it out and taking it seriously. So without getting too nerdy, like, you know, you have Instagram, but you also need to have like an email list and you need yeah. to be across other platforms. And you get to a point where you grow this business where you need to actually start talking about strategy and like, where am I going? And what's the bigger picture? And you know, women jumped into Instagram and they were really good at it. And then becoming a CEO or becoming like an actual serious business owner, that's a really different like mindset. It's a different like energy that you have to put towards it. And it's a different strategy. So I was seeing all these women. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at how much influence they have. You know, they are speaking to hundreds of thousands of people. And if they could have the support in the back end, you know, they could, if they could have someone really help them, and I know Instagram, I mean, I know Pinterest and blogging and email and all the things. I know how to do all of those things. And and so I started my marketing agency where I just helped one person, you know, and then it just it grew from there. It's been about five or six years since I took on my first client and we have we helped them launch products and we helped them 
like manage the back end so that they can focus on what they're really good at. And that's why the bio is like, I love helping women amplify their voices because they found a microphone with Instagram or whatever it is, you know, and then we turn it up. We turn up the, we turn up the mic and we're like, hey, there's other places and, and bigger ways that you can make an impact. So that is, that's how I got into marketing and why I'm so passionate about it. That is awesome. Why do you think there are so many women that are wanting to start a business or experiment with, you know, I don't even, the influencer life, you know, like just like sharing content online? Because I do feel like, especially in the last couple of years, and I have several really good friends here in Utah that have been wildly successful with their own Instagram accounts and and promoting all sorts of things from, you know, natural healing to Amazon finds to hair products. I mean, just whatever. And it's almost like, oh, I have this talent. Maybe I could start a business promoting it or something. And but women specifically, like, why do you think there's been like this pull for women to be like, I need to contribute and I need to have my voice heard? Yeah. One of the things I always talk about is social media and being online is one of the most liberating factors of all time, especially for women. So I want you to think about 10, let's say 20 years ago, let's give us some room. But 20 years ago, starting a business took capital. It took knowing how to like create a business plan. It took a lot more risk than it does now. Yeah. So now we have this platform, again, uniquely qualified, like women are uniquely qualified for this, you know, because we want that connection. Yeah. And Instagram specifically, it gives you that connection in a lot of ways because of Instagram stories is really the secret sauce to Instagram. And it's I will I will go out and say that Instagram stories are the most powerful place on any social media platform. Because of that deep connection, right? Because you tune into these people every day and you know, there's, you know who they are, right? And you can, you're connecting this really one-on-one with people on a mass level. And so you have, you have this where women are more educated than ever. Yeah. You have this platform that allows you to show up as you want to show up. So I've been able to grow a business as I want my motherhood to look because of social media, because of the internet and being online is I've been able to stay home and make the money I want and to work the amount of hours I want and be here with my kids when they need me. That's never happened before. You know, that wasn't an option. You were a teacher, you were a nurse, you were all these things that had to go. If you were a working mom, which is great, you had to leave your house and go somewhere, right? True. So now you have this excess of women who are educated. I mean, more women than ever, I think, was it this year that we women surpass the like it's like 56 percent or something women who are getting college education and we're growing and growing so you have these educated women and now you have the choice to show up and create differently and to have your voice heard differently in the way that is most natural to you right like me showing up on instagram talking to people like they're my friends is a hundred percent natural to me totally yes and it's interesting that it's you know, yes, you have. I'm I'm a big fan of getting all the education that you can, and it can only help and and benefit you. But it's not a prerequisite. No. Like you don't. If for all the women that are like like me, I went to BYU and then got married and then had babies, and 
and I and I'm grateful for that. But then all my money went to supporting my husband. And I he has his bachelor's, his master's, his double master's because <laughs> I Right. Supporting him in doing that. And and I and I don't regret that. And I'm not if I sound bitter, I'm only a little bit. No, I'm not. I'm not. It was bitter hard. It was hard though, right? It like hard. 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 Knowing that, like, okay, we're both contributing to this family. Like it's it's because I'm home, he's able to go. Because I'm raising yeah. our babies and helping finance your education. The, and and that was really that felt really good to me too to know I had made a good chunk of money when I was on American Idol a while ago and that I'm like I'm able to help provide while you do this and 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 he was working as well but that was really liberating and exciting for me but I've thought so often like ooh what can I do and 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 how can I use my voice and what you know I didn't like I'm glad that you got all the education and I I still don't even have an associate you know what I mean. But yeah. I, 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 I started a singing business, you know, five years ago and I have amazing voice students and I decided to breed my dog a few times and I, I started researching that and I wrote a column for Desert News and I started speaking and it's been fun for me to discover like, oh, I don't have to let the fact that I don't have a degree hold me back from still starting successful things and, and contributing and and by the way, my Instagram is private. Like I I could pick your brain so much about what do I what do I do to eat, you know, to get it to the next level, like if if I was brave enough and wanting to do that at some point. But I'm just here to tell women out there listening, like you don't have to feel like, well, I'm not as smart or I, I don't have that degree well, or education to do something. Isn't that the bait great part? Is because I actually didn't get a degree in photography ever. And yet I took courses and I put and I did the time and I practiced and yeah. then I, you know, became a nationally recognized photographer. That wasn't because I went to school. It's because I put in the effort. I mean, YouTube is the best, is the best, yes. teacher, right? So yes. I'm not saying that you have to be educated, but like the maybe what I should have said and framed it better is the access to education is so huge right now that we have yes. women that are highly educated in whatever they're looking at, right? Like Absolutely. whether that's crocheting or or whatever, you know, you love. Yes. But but you have access to whatever you want to learn right yeah. now. And so you can decide that you're going to be a photographer and you're going to figure it out. It might take a while, <laughs> yeah. but you figure it out. And so then so you have this abundance of education like out there, awareness and access to, and you have a platform that is free Yeah, that you can start and talk with thousands of people. And that's insane if you think about it. Like you used to have to like pay someone to write an ad and then you had to go put it in the paper yep. or news spot or whatever. And now you can just create content from your kitchen and educate. I mean, I didn't go to I didn't go to school to be an Instagram expert, but through like my years, I've become that. Yes. And I create all of my content in my home, in my car, in the kitchen, right? And that is, like I said, one of the most liberating factors for women. It totally is. And I completely agree with you. I think, you know, if you have the ability to do that and, and, get, and get more education, that's amazing. And it can only help you. And then if you feel like, well, can I get started now? Absolutely. Like you can. And like you said, you can learn along the way. You can talk with other professionals. When I wanted to start taking, take, teaching voice lessons, 
I took voice for 25 years. Like I know a lot about the voice and and you know what what to do and and how to perform and what songs are best for what people. But I'm not like a music major. You know, I didn't study that. But I called my vocal coach, Dean Kalen. I'm like, will you teach me how to teach voice? And so I took lessons from him. And then through, you know, just learning and trial and error through these last five years, I'm like, oh, now I feel like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. But in just through experience and just, you know, being willing to give it a try and not give up. So, uh, Michelle, how do women, what if they're like, well, I don't even know what I'm good at or what is my brand? How do I market myself on Instagram? Like, am I selling myself or am I selling a product or a business, or is it kind of both? Do you kind of have to sell yourself to sell your product? I almost feel like it it's you first, and then whatever you're doing, people will naturally gravitate towards just because they love you as a person, which is different than pitching a product first. Yeah. So I would say that if you are interested in like getting online, I would start by like kind of figuring out what are what are the things that you've drawn to? And if you were sitting down, I mean, this is an easy one, but like if you were, if someone called you up and said, hey, I need you to teach for an hour and you have to leave right now, what would you, like, you can pick whatever you want to teach. What would you teach about? You would probably teach about voice, right? Singing, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, I'd and, like, and like stage confidence and yeah. self-esteem. Yeah. Yep. Finding your voice. Yep. Finding your voice. And I would talk about Instagram or business strategy or whatever, because that's something that I could talk for all day about, right? We can yeah. sit down and I can do it and it would take nothing. Yeah. So yeah. that's a really good sign that you know something, right? That you probably know something other people don't and that you're passionate about it. Because I mean, the things that we're not passionate about, we actually don't want to talk about for three hours. So, so what are some things? And then I think about who is someone that I know that I can picture that maybe they've asked me a question or that they're in a place that I could help them. And what would they need right now? Mm. So I'm going to picture that person in my mind. Then I'm going to create content for that person. <laughs> like, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to be like, hey, you're just starting out with voice lessons and you probably have this, this, and this problem. Well, let's talk about that first problem and how to fix it. So one of the things that we have to think about is, and the thing that stops women the most, is that they're nervous about how people perceive them, right? What will right. people think? And there are people who are judging you and there are people who will say real stupid stuff. It's true. That happens. And when I make when I make showing up about me and about how I look and about how people think about me, then I don't want to show up and I show up poorly. Yeah. But if I show up and say, hey, how can I serve this person? Right. Like, how can I serve today? Who could I help someone? Even if it's just one person, then it changes everything because then it's not about me. It's about how I can serve. Oh, that is such a good way of looking at it. It, it, it almost takes the pressure off of like, what are they going to think of me? How should I dress? And what are they going to, they're going to think I'm dumb or I don't know anything. But when instead you just turn it around and say, what do they need from me? What would I tell this person if they were sitting in my living room? Oh, that yeah. totally changes everything. Yeah. And I mean, I would, I would guess that when you're like a vocal performer, like if you are thinking about, oh my gosh, I hope I hit this high note and I hope yeah. I, you know, I don't mess up. And I hope that, you know, people don't look at me weird. And you're like, actually, I'm just going to sing the song for like to, to, to the people, right. To yeah. the people who need to hear this. And I want them to feel something. Yes. I, I want them. And that's a different performance, right. Totally. Than showing up and being like, I hope I don't lose, you know, totally. 
And I, I tell my students that all the time. I'm like, it's not about being technically perfect. It's about connecting with the audience completely. Like, look at how many singers, I'm going to say it, Taylor Swift, who maybe vocally aren't as technical as like Celine Dion or, you know what I mean? Like Dan and Shay, like they have a ridiculous range. They like have the same range that I do. Like it's amazing. They can do all these riffs and runs and whatever. And but Taylor is a superstar because she has found that magical connection with her audience. And so it's not about being perfect. It's about finding that connection and then capitalizing on that. Yeah. And I and to go one step further with Taylor Swift is the reason why we love her is because she tells a story. Yes. And most women come to me and they're like, why do people care about me? Like, I am just over here cooking dinner, talking about my kids. (laughs) And the truth is, is that we do care. Yeah, We want to know what's happening with you because we want to connect with people. And so like when people tell me when women specifically, they're like, well, my story doesn't matter. Well, that's not true. Right. Like Taylor's over there writing songs about breaking up with boyfriends. And we're like, yes, I feel that. Yes. Right. And we're on board because even if the situation of her song is not actually accurate with what I'm going through, I felt that. Yeah. And then I can connect with it. And then I connect with the song, whether it's like technically accurate or not. Totally. What do you think? How can women not feel like they like, especially when they're starting out on Instagram, like a slave to their phone? Like, how do you balance that content creation with being present at home with your family? Yeah, great question. So one of the things that I like to like to start with is what's the goal of me growing on Instagram? You know, is it is to get really clear on like the why of because if you're just there to grow a following, just to grow following, then mm, like whatever. But if you go in with real intention, like I'm going to start a business. And I am going to be the best deal site on Instagram. I'm going to teach marketing or I'm going to teach voice lessons. Like if you're very clear on what you're like, why you're there and your goals, it changes everything because you show up differently and it's not so passive. And that's one thing I wish, like, it's hard to own this. Okay. Like I get it. Like it's hard to own. Like I'm actually doing this intentionally and I get that. But if you do that, then what happens? You're like, oh, I'm taking myself seriously. So the time I spend here is not just me scrolling, but it's actually me growing. And so if you can, so knowing that, then you can put parameters. It's like, okay, I want to grow. So I need to post two times a day, whatever. You know, I need to post this many times a day. This is what I'm committing to. And I'm going to schedule this into my time. That's a different feeling than like, I'm just on Instagram all the time. But usually women waste the most time because they won't take themselves seriously enough to say like, I'm actually giving this a go. Oh, that is really good advice. And how do, what advice would you give um, a content creator and that is like, well, how do I, how do I even like take that first step of getting started? Like, how do I know, what if I just show up and make a fool of myself? Like, how do I know what people like and, and stay true to like who they are as, as a person and be genuine about it and also know it's a business. I'm creating content. I want to generate, you know, likes and, and, and followers and grow my audience and also stay true to who I am. Like, how do you begin to do that 
and still make it feel authentic and not like, follow me, follow me. I'm, I have this new business, this shiny little, you know, yeah. thing out there. Yeah. Well, it goes back to like leading with service. So if you follow me on Instagram, it's, I mean, yes, it's a gift to me, but hopefully the content I create is a gift to you. Right. And so when, so it's not like, oh, I just, I just want you to follow me. I just want you to follow me. It's like, yeah. oh, I want you to follow me because I can't wait to serve you. That's a different feeling too, right? Totally. And so, yeah. and so that's, I would say that if, that if you really want to grow on Instagram, you need to take it seriously and understand that this, when you show up as, on Instagram as a business, then you show up on Instagram as a business. Instead of, instead of just like not being sure not taking it seriously, not learning how Instagram works because Instagram is something that you can learn how to navigate and use to your benefit. I just had someone who I had like took my Grow the Gram course and they were, they've been in Instagram marketing for years and they took it and they were like, you know what? I've always wanted to start my own Instagram account. But now that they took that course, she started and is in three weeks is it like at 5,000 followers. Because wow. she understood how Instagram works. Yeah. Like it is worth under, like putting in the time to understand how Instagram works and then how you can apply that to your strategy. So there is like, there, there has to be a shift from like, from being a consumer on Instagram, which we're all pretty good at. But then when you start showing up as a business, yeah, you need to show up as a business and say, okay, how am I going to use this tool? to get more people, more eyes on my, on me so I can push my product so I can make money. And just a sidebar, money's not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's such a blessing and it's okay to want to make money and help provide for your family. Like it, that's, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And it's funny that, that you bring that up because I don't know why. I mean, there's like a guilt associated with like, well, am I like selling my life or selling my soul? And you can get into that too. There are people that definitely do and and are not because they're not doing it for the right reasons and selling their souls to make money. And that's never a good thing. But it's okay to be able to make money for your family and with with good, like creative and well thought out and truthful content. Like I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of gammy things that you can get or like everyone is I'm just gonna say it like everyone's a life coach everyone you know what I mean is like oh I can help you with this and it's like I don't know it, there's a lot of dishonesty about and people making money just claiming that they can do something that maybe they can't as much so how how can how can we be kind of wary or how do you vet you know truthful honest awesome content creators like yourself from the people that you're like, I feel like you are just like sign up for my online course. It's like, well, what online course? Like, what am I? Here's how to be a better person. You know, like, how do you vet those kinds of things? And how do you avoid like, you know, falling into that trap of like, I could probably sell this because people, people will probably like that and, and staying honest and true to who you are. That was maybe a really complicated question. No, it's great. So I think that there's two parts. So I think there's a part like, how do we know who to follow? Yes. And then how do we stay true to who we are? So yeah. with how do we know who to follow? It's been interesting because there's it's been an interesting few months in the digital marketing space because there's been this I don't know if you've heard of MRR, but 
it's master resale rights. But what they're saying is like, you take this course and now you're a digital marketer. And so it's been really interesting because you have these people who have zero experience and now they're digital marketers. And you know, that's my space. So it's been like kind of, I've been watching and it's very interesting. Yeah. Because what's, and I think this is going to happen across the board with a lot of things is that we as consumers, we have to take responsibility about who we follow. Yeah. And so we have to ask some follow-up questions. <laughs> like, are you for any kind of business stuff? Like, what what are the results that they've had? Yes. Now, no. are they growing? Are and and do they have clients? Like, have they ever helped someone? Stretch. Or have they just taken a course and now they're spewing this stuff and they actually don't know anything? Yeah. So so I would look at like what are the fruits, right? Like what are the fruits? What what and have you tested out something that they've said and it's worked or not? Yeah. And you have the power to unfollow or mute, right? You do not you do not have to believe, but we can't just we are bombarded with messages and we need to get better at being intentional about like knowing which ones to block out. And it's just by asking some follow up questions. Like, does this make sense? Right. Have we done this? Is this regurgitated? Have I seen this 10 times? And then now it's just repackaged in this form, you know, and then you find those people that you connect with. And usually like for me, like when I'm following people, there's people I'm like, no. Yeah. Like this is off. Yeah. Or I find people who like, I'm like, oh, I really connect with them because of, because maybe they're more authentic. Maybe they're more relatable because of my life situation. But we get to choose who we follow. So I think that that's one. That's the one part of the question. And the next part is like, how do we not be those people? Yeah. How do we stay authentic and really provide that good, real, truthful content? And honestly, AI scares me to death, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there I saw on Instagram, my friend reposted something. She's like, I love this thought. It was a bot. Like, it was not even a real person. I'm like. This is AI, but she she didn't know or she couldn't tell. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just like a computer generated regurgitation like of something. And it was terrifying that people are then like, listen to this. And did you hear this? I'm like, oh my gosh, not reality. And that's scary. And, and how to stay, how do we stay that real true human person that people can rely on and say, you will always be authentic and real. Yeah. And I think what I predict, especially as we get more and more into AI, the more, the more authenticity, I mean, that was the word of the year is authentic. Like Merriam Webster dictionary word of the year. Interesting. Yep. And so AI is going to come and there we're going to see, it's going to be an evolution, but what I see it ending at is that we're going to figure out what works for us. We're going to figure out how it actually supports our lives. And then there's going to be the people who use crazy AI for stuff. But people are always going to crave connection, community, and like having some authentic relationship, right? Yeah. And so that's actually why it's my, I will come back to this and say like social media is built for women is because that's what we're really good at is being like, hey, I'm actually not perfect. Like, yeah, these, like, these problems happen. You know, this is where I'm struggling. We actually are really great with that because. I, I think we have less pride about it. We're kind of like, oh, you know, this is how I connect with people. Yeah. You, you talked to like at the, before we started the call, you're like, I'm an open book. And I'm like, I'm an open book. Like you can ask me whatever you want, you know, and I really yes. will defer to you. And I think that if we start, if, if we understand that that's actually our superpower, 
then we don't have to hide our imperfections because that's actually going to be like what differentiates us because they're going to be able to have like a flawless robot that looks like Michelle Gifford. Scary. <laughs> you know, like an AI version of me, but you're, you're going to know that it's not, you know, but, but if we show up as like who we actually are, flaws and all, that's actually going to be our superpower going forward. And we don't have to hide from it. It's actually going to be the thing that differentiates ourselves. Oh, I love that thought. Like our flaws will be our superpower. I could not agree more. Michelle, last question for you. How how can we, like I, I asked kind of a form of this earlier, but do you set a time limit for yourself, like for Instagram, whether you are creating content or whether you're consuming the content? Do you have like a time frame where like certain times of the day where you are active on Instagram and then times where you are present in real life and, and doing things off your phone? And how, how have you found that you can be intentional with that and also build a business and feel like, you know, your followers are, are feeling like you are giving them what they want as well as the people close to you feeling like you're giving them your time and energy too? Yeah. So I think it's important to really be intentional. And I know that's a buzzword, but if, if you know that these are my work hours, so I create, try to create content while my kids are at school. And of course, my work is not just creating content, yes. but I have time that is scheduled in my schedule as content creation time. I was, and I was talking to one of my clients and she just was feeling like really panicked because she's like, I have meetings and I want to, I want to be creative and I, and I want to have my creative energy on the, but like, I just feel like I'm trying to like force being creative. Yes. It was like, she, we figured out that, oh, what she needs is creative days. So she has oh, days that I was like, Friday is my creative day and I don't ever schedule meetings. I don't, and I can create content if I want. And I think that's a great example of just being like, hey, we need to take control of what our time and days look like. And that's true for Instagram. So I make sure that I know what part of Instagram plays in my business. Okay. Yes. And then what time makes sense for me to be creating content for that? And third, what being really intentional about what I'm sharing on stories. So I don't have to share my whole life on stories and people feel like, oh, I just have to walk around in my day and talk to the camera and share everything that's going on. Yeah. And to me, that might have worked five years ago, but now I have teenagers whose friends follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. So like, I can't, I'm not, there's things that I'm like, yes, I will not be sharing that. I might talk about it during sixth period. Anyway, so I, so just being intentional about like, what are the things that I am going to share on Instagram and what things are not? Because there are things that you probably sh like women are like, but I don't want to share my kids online. I'm like, don't then like, there yeah. are plenty of other things that you can share about, about your life. And it, no one is, no one, you shouldn't feel the pressure to yeah. share things that you don't want to share. Don't be authentic. Like, don't be like, blah, like, you know, vomiting everything up about everything in your life. Yes. For the sake of being authentic, because to me, that's actually not authentic because I'm going to tell you, like, if no one can handle 100 percent of Michelle, right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> not, my gift to you is that I am like, oh, you know what? Always hold Part something. Yeah. And there's a few chapters that are sealed. No, or just, you know, you don't need it. Like, I don't need it. You don't need it. Because it puts also an unnecessary weight on my viewers, right? If I'm like, yeah. you can work through this with me. It's like, no, I don't want to <laughs> for sure. So I, I, that is a big deal. 
That is great advice. And I, and I love that idea of having like a creative day or certain times that you post. Have you found, and maybe this is something people can learn if they, if they take one of your classes or courses or, or, or ask you to help them. Are there certain times of day where you're like, oh, there's actually like a formula to posting where you'll get the most tips and the most views and, and like certain times of day or certain days of the week that you're like, this is a big bump. This is a big boost. This is when you want to focus on. Yeah. And it actually comes down to your audience and knowing when your audience is on the other, like, so Sundays at Sundays are like my biggest time that it's like my stories views are high. And it's because my people are on, on, on Sunday, but that's not across the board. They did do like a study and it was like, Thursdays are the best day to post. And this time was the best time. But the cool thing about what's happening on Instagram right now is that your posts last longer in the feed. So oh. I have I have content that I created two weeks ago that are just now taking off. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So content takes a little bit longer. And so, yes, it's important to post when your people are. But what I would rather you focus on is when can you show up and create and post content consistently? So because your audience like when I look at when my audience is on, like you can get your analytics and see. And there's yeah. not a really big spike. I mean, I'm not going to post at like three in the morning or whatever, but yeah. there's not a huge spike between like 9 a.m. and noon and 6 p.m. So why not create a schedule around when I create content and then get my audience to expect me to post at that time? Yeah, like feels better to me than to try to like hack some algorithm because then it makes me crazy. Yes. And actually what I want is to like to have my audience know when I show up so that they can show up. Oh, that's a good point is that they can because it's true. There's certain people that I follow. I'm like, oh, I know they always like 8 a.m. They're posting whatever about their morning or they have like a deal that drops. If they do a drop, it's like it's always Tuesdays at 10 or whatever. You can kind of, you know, work around that or know, oh, yeah, this is when they do things. So that is awesome advice. So Michelle, people are like, okay, well, this sounds super interesting to me and I, I want to grow my platform. I want to do that. Tell us what you offer and where people can go to find either you on Instagram or like how to learn more from you or how you help them maybe with coaching or all the yeah. different things so they can build their business too. So I have a ton of free stuff. Okay. So if you follow me on Instagram, I am teaching Instagram strategy and I, okay. you will find so much goodness there. I have a podcast. It's called The Social Strategist. So that's a really great place to be. And then I also have, I have like, if you're, I have a, an Instagram membership where we give you a content plan and we give you trending audios. And that's really just like, and we meet three times a month where you can ask questions. And then I have my bigger courses like Grow the Gram and that's an eight week intensive. And awesome. then I also have my marketing agency that will do it for you. So if you're oh, feeling, awesome. we will do your Instagram, your blogging, your Pinterest, your email, your podcast, we'll do everything. So if you're ready to outsource, we're your, we're your team. Just that's, that seems awesome. You're like, here you go. <laughs> Help with this. And do you do like, I'm sure you get to know your client and do interviews and like, what's your, like everything from like color schemes and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff too, or is it mostly like content stuff or is it like, do you work with them through like the whole creative process? Yeah. So we meet you where you're at. So we have like, I have a full suite of experts. So we have a brand and designer. So she like, and they do website design. So we can create your whole brand from messaging, your website, your colors, all the things. 
And then I'm really big on strategy. So I don't want you to just have a pretty website. <laughs> you yes. want it strategic so that it gets you new leads. We're working with women who are launching products or launching a new brand. We do a lot of that. So we'll do like, how do you launch? We'll do launch strategy and come up with your like content creation for that. We also do the content management side. So we will just take awesome. over your interest or we will write your emails. But it, it, I really focus on what I, well, so what I found is most agencies are guys and I love guys. Yes. I think there's a disconnect with how women show up online and understanding that women really know their audience and yes. that with their audience is much different than regular marketing. And so to understand that and to, and to create your strategy based on that is really what I love doing. And, and so, anyway, so that's, that's what we do and we love it so much. That is awesome. Remind everyone again, your website, your Instagram handle, where they can go to find you. Yep. Come find me at Instagram at I am Michelle Gifford. If you're on listening to a podcast, you can do the social strategies. If you type in Michelle Gifford, I'll come up. And then I am Michelle Gifford.com is where you can find all my, all my training, all my good stuff. Awesome. And Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E and Gifford is spelled G-I-F-F-O-R-D. Michelle, Thank you so much for coming on Doing Good today and for sharing how you are spreading light and goodness. There, there is such a need for it on social media. And, and it's, it's, I get into the mentality sometimes where I'm like, I'm just getting off of it completely, which sometimes you do. You'd need a break and that's fine. And, and because it can be all consuming like anything. It can be too much um, sometimes, but we need goodness on there. We need a place for people to go and connect and learn and thrive. And there can be wonderful things that come out of it too. So thank you for being positive, light, and goodness online and for all the good you are doing. Well, thank you so much. And if you're feeling a stir, if you're feeling a push to get online, then follow it. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code DOINGGOOD, all one word, at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at OurTurtleHouse.com. See you soon.